You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in and participate... Please feel free to do so, 608-501-0718. That number again is 608-501-0718. If you're a new caller, by the way, you do go directly to the front of the line. We have about 600,000 calls, so I'm just scrolling real quick to see if uh, there's any new callers. I don't believe there is. So let's just pick up with making sure I'm not missing anybody. Nate from Wisconsin Rapids. Yeah, Pack Daddy and Pack Daddy Nation. What up? This is NATO from Central Wisconsin. Uh, been wanting to call in for a while, but you're in landscaping and doing snow removal and everything. It gets kind of hard to balance all that and life and find time to call into podcast. Get it. But uh, I'm wondering on people's thoughts specifically. Uh, Packernet podcast. Uh, what? How worried should we be about somebody in our division getting the stout best running back in the draft? Bijan. I feel like Bears kind of put themselves in a good spot, possibly in the Lions with how many picks they have. The Lions would how they played this last year. Um, If they have that type of running back, that could really cause us problems, especially with our history of poor run defense. Uh, That should be something we should maybe be concerned about. And uh, or even if we would end up picking them up at some point, if we end up getting an extra draft pick in the first round. Um, Wondering if Maybe there is an option that we could end up moving on from A.J. Dillon. Not saying that I would want to, uh, but if we have a chance at upgrading A.J. Dillon, what would the chances be? Um, On that outlook, I guess. Um, And then another one that I've been really racking my brain around. Let's pause there for a second. As I was thinking about it as you were talking, I don't think there's a single team in the NFC North that really makes sense to draft Bijan. That doesn't mean it won't happen. I I agree the Bears are in a pretty good spot there. Lions are in a decent spot, although 6 is is a little early. Maybe 18 if he gets that far. Minnesota's pretty far back unless they trade up. But in terms of should they, I don't think there's a single NFC North team that makes a lot of sense to draft Bijan Robinson. That's not to say there aren't teams 
But generally, the thought process with running backs is it's sort of that cherry on top piece, right? You're the Chiefs, you're the Bills, you're you're kind of on top of everything. Um, you've got a pretty quality defense, and you can throw the ball, but you don't really have like a dominant rushing attack. And you go that's what the Chiefs did when they went and got uh, what's his name. It didn't really work out all that well, but um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Right, it was just that last little piece, the little cherry on top, to go from dominant to unstoppable. The Bears and Packers are probably the two teams in the best spots, being at nine and fifteen. But listen, the the Bears, the only thing they can do is run. They need offensive line help. They need more wide receiver help. Um, debatably, tight end help. They did get rid of Montgomery, but that's because they liked the other guy, I think, a little bit better and didn't really want to pay this guy. They need defensive tackle help. They need edge help. They need corner help. They need, uh, well, they don't need linebackers anymore, and I don't know if they, I, I, no, I think they're good on safety, too. Linebackers and safeties, maybe tight end. It's about the only thing, well, they think they're good on quarterback. They could probably use another running back, but I just, I don't see why when you're that low and have that many needs that it makes sense. The Lions, you could say, maybe are somewhat of a cherry on top, right? They're trying to push to, to be that team on top of the NFC North. But, and I know you probably don't know this yet based on when you called in, but the Lions just paid to get David Montgomery from the Bears. I can't imagine making that move. So you have DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery, and your first-round pick is used on Bijan Robinson. It doesn't make any sense. They still need a lot of help on defense. And, of course, you could always use a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Tight end is, is a need for them. And obviously there's plenty. We know the, the Lions love drafting tight ends in the first round. It's always failed for them, but it's a thing. Different regime and all that, but, you know, historical uh, stuff. A lot of defensive help they still need. I don't really think it makes a ton of sense. Um, the Packers, maybe, I mean, they, they might make the most sense between them and the Lions. You could maybe make an argument. I mean, it's tough with the running backs that we have, but obviously Aaron Jones is Probably a two-year thing, and Dylan, I don't really know. I would assume he's going to be kind of a long-termer, but maybe not. I don't know. But in terms of the, the big question, of well, I, I guess the two big questions that kind of run in parallel, how do we help Jordan Love to kind of get his feet under him and help him to succeed in the NFL? And how do we build this new version of the Green Bay Packers moving forward? Again, it's basically the same question, but... Is that the best way to kind of build the new era Green Bay Packers? And I don't think you can make a super strong case. I mean, look, if he's, if he's the best guy you think in the entire draft and, um, you know, the next best guy on your board is like the 14th best and he's basically a second rounder, you don't really have a ton of options. I mean, it's that or trade way back and get a haul of picks, hopefully for next year and just get out of this garbage draft. If at 15, you're already into the second rounders. But, um, no, I mean, I, I would prefer, you know, offensive line, which is somewhat settled but still unsettled, and, you know, there's some question of, of longevity and depth and everything else. So uh, additional wide receiver help, perhaps. Tight ends, obviously. Um, defensive tackles. I mean, I don't know if we need another first-round pick, We've but we basically only have two first-round picks and, and, you know, a couple other guys. Was it Slayton and Ford, and that's it? So again, do we need three first-round picks? Probably not, but is it still a need? Yes, it is. Edge rusher is still a need. Again, do we need you know the first-round picks or whatnot? But um, maybe corner, definitely safety. And then for the Vikings, 
you know, again, possibly there's some rumors about Dalvin going bye-bye, and he's certainly not a long-term proposition for the Vikings regardless. But um, I don't know. They're kind of in this weird teardown, and, and again, that's usually something when you're a pretty established team, and they're on the downward trajectory phase before they can pop back up. It, it would just be kind of a weird move. So, you know, I mean, should a team potentially do it? Yeah. I mean, you look at the Eagles at 10. Imagine the Eagles with Bijan. I mean, they, they have a running back option, but dang, dude. And that might not even be their best option, but that's the kind of team I'm looking at and going, holy crap. Even maybe Atlanta. I know they need a lot of other stuff, but, you know, you, you got a young quarterback. You've got the tight end prospect. You've got kind of some stuff, and you want to spark that offense. Maybe Tennessee would be a no. Houston's probably a no. Jets probably would be a yes if they didn't already invest in running back. New England, maybe. I'm not even sure what they're doing these days. I know they're constantly going out and getting tight ends. They just got another tight end. So, you know, it's it's teams like that. Pittsburgh, just based on their history, it's just what they do. You know, they've got some defense. You've got a young quarterback. You've got a wide receiver. Maybe add that running back piece into the mix. Maybe they're satisfied with the guys that they have already. But that's I'm, I'm just saying in terms of general vision, those teams all, in my opinion, would probably make a little bit more sense than any of the teams in the NFC North. Is completely hypothetically say Jordan Love isn't the answer. Yeah. What QB currently in the NFL that is like a second or third string that would be Mark Murphy's Brett Favre draft pick? <laughs> Someone that he could he would trade for That's and question. end up getting a not saying that they would be the next Brett Favre and not labeling anything, but just kind of a, a fun outlook. Like if Jordan Love's not the answer and not drafting somebody, is there somebody in the NFL that we could potentially trade for for a, a third-round draft pick since we hate the third round, apparently? Yeah. Uh, forward to your thoughts. Well, you know, you know what my answer's got to be, and I wish we had PFF from back in 1991 so we could see what the, the guy was doing, but um, my answer's Matt Corral. Now, he was, Matt Corral was a third-round pick, and uh, Aaron Rodgers was pick 33, so borderline first-round pick. So maybe a better answer would be somebody like um, Kyle Trask, if you want a more serious answer, but... Um, yeah, Matt Corral's my dude, man. Big Matt Corral fan. He's available, too. He's out there. Kyle Trask is uh, back up right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Surprisingly, he's actually, they have him, at least our lads has him listed as third string. Baker Mayfield, who just went there, is going to be the starter. Then they have Blaine Gabbert in front of him, and then Kyle Trask after that. I don't know if that's going to be official, but that's uh, a little bit surprising to see, I guess. So there you go. The the more realistic answer is Kyle Trask. My answer is Matt Corral. Uh, Trevor in Virginia. Hey, Ryan. Somebody's asking about uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, if we potentially get him and if if the Packers really think that Rodgers is dragging out his decision right till free agency to kind of stick it to him a little bit. You know? By the way, just for context, Wednesday at 12-13. Again, we had so many calls on Wednesday right up until before, but we're just starting to get into 
the uh, the announcement. So you know what I would love is that we haven't seen the terms yet, but we get pick thirteen from the Jets. We package that up with our pick, and we go jump the Bears and and draft Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Yeah, to stick it to Rogers back, and not only just to stick it to him, but I think he'd be a good addition also. Um, I wouldn't have any problem with that at all, um, as long as the team thinks it makes sense too. But that'd be hilarious. It'd be like, oh, they, they, I could hear it now. They never got Rogers the first round. Oh right. Now, now as soon as he's gone, they do it. You know, and all this and that. I think I'd find it rather amusing. Hopefully. This is a Wednesday. We're supposed to hear today, so not holding my breath at this point. But go back up. Well, let's see. What time was it? It's uh, twelve thirteen. Started, I think, at twelve. I know it was a little bit late, but it should have started by now. So, um, yeah, you probably shouldn't start holding your breath yet, but you can hold your breath starting pretty soon, and you'll you'll probably survive it. Um, yeah, so a couple things. First of all, as far as trading up, if we do get pick 13, um, wouldn't want to package 13 and 15 to get up, but if we did 13, just want to check real quick, 13 and 45, uh, according to this trade chart, which of course there's a bunch of different trade charts and they all have their, uh, different, uh, whatever, but this could put you at about, uh, what, 1600. So that would get us to about six. If we just trade 13 and our pick 45, then actually we could do 15 and our pick 45, and it gets us to about 7 with the Raiders. And the Raiders need a lot of stuff. I think that makes sense, dude. If we get pick 13, you take 15 and our second. Not that I really want to get rid of our second. I like that we have a second, but just as a thought. If there's somebody that you just can't... And I don't know, honestly, if I want Jackson Smith and Jigba at 7. That's a little high. I'm I'm on board with it if he kind of is in that 13 range or if we trade up a little bit. Maybe... How about how much do we get up? Probably not very much with our third. 200 would put us at uh, 1250. That gets us to about pick 11. That's not going to get us to jump them, but that is a situation if we just scrap the jumping the bears part. Um, if we trade a third to get up to about 11 to get in Jigba... Now I'm on board. Um, and then we still get an additional first and a second, and that third-round curse is uh, nixed. Although I do wonder, something we've never really pondered before, if you trade a third to move up, are you cursing that pick? Because it's still in there. You know what I mean? Like that, that bad juju? I'm just, I'm just wondering. Um, and yeah, I, I know how that's, that narrative is going to go. I mean, no matter what, there's going to be a narrative, right? It's, it's just one way or another. Somebody's going to say, see, I told you so. Um, somebody's going to find a way to be offended or upset about something. Um, and I, I, I just, I don't understand that. I mean, I understand that it's going to happen, but I, I don't necessarily understand the thought process of, do we think the Packers are just being petty? Do we think that they wanted... Aaron Rodgers to lose. That's why they went all in and bankrupt their franchise and and uh, destroyed their salary cap for years to come, including still, we're still doing it. Um, refusing to get rid of Aaron Rodgers and giving him that contract and all that stuff. We did that so that we could sabotage him and his chances? That doesn't make sense. They always wanted to win. How about this for, for uh, a different thought? Even if we're going to say that there's a different standard for Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, that is to say, we get Jordan Love, we, we, we are going to get help offensively because it's Jordan Love and not Aaron Rodgers. Rather than thinking maliciously and thinking, 
yeah, that's because they hated Rodgers or because of that, 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 that. How about this? If I'm going to pay $50 bucks for a quarterback, I expect him to carry a little bit more of the load. Right? Listen, with more money, and with that's the other thing. You, you start, you, you, we put all these titles on Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame or GOAT, blah, blah, blah. With that comes increased responsibility. You're expected to be able to handle more. This is where I got so frustrated with people yesterday when I listed out all the great wide receivers he's played with in his career, and people, they actually thought a good comeback was, yeah, but they didn't all play together at the same time. What is it with people thinking that Aaron Rodgers can't be expected to win unless he has five elite wide receivers on the team at the exact same time? What in the world are you talking about? Listen, if I'm planning on getting three elite wide receivers, I don't need Rodgers anymore. I'm not paying Rodgers if I need three elite wide receivers in order to win football games. I can do that with Baker Mayfield. All right? If I'm paying that much for Aaron Rodgers, I'm paying for the luxury of not needing all of that. And if I have Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari in that offensive line, and I have Devontae Adams, you know what? I expect you to pick up a little bit of the freaking slack. How about that? Well, our number two wide receiver, which, by the way, I did I did all the work on this before. The Packers' number two wide receiver was ahead of most number twos, and the number three was ahead of most number threes. The fact that the number two wasn't like a top 32 player is not, I mean, no crap, you dumb dumb. Most players can't have a top 32 player that's their number two. There's only 32 number ones. There can't be 30, there can't be 32 more number ones as number twos. That would be 64 32s. Basic math. In order to be an adequate number two, you need to be in the top 64. In order to be an adequate number three, you basically need to be a top 100 wide receiver. But the fact that we didn't have three top 50 wide receivers meant that we failed. No, we have Aaron Rodgers and the number one wide receiver in all of football, not to mention a great offensive line, an elite running back duo. I don't want to hear the pissing and moaning. So yeah, maybe... Because we believe Aaron Rodgers is what he is, and we believe Devontae is what he is, we don't need to invest as much in wide receiver. Now, I'm not even saying that that's the reality. I think the Packers are going to do what they always do. They're going to annoy the crap out of the fan base by taking the best player available, regardless of what everybody's favorite pet prospect is. Regardless of the calls to either, you know, you better not help Jordan because you didn't help Rodgers, or you need to get an offensive help to help Jordan, they're just going to do what they think is best for the team. And what's best for the team, based on the handbook that's been passed down for generations, is to take the best player available. Now, that's where the question comes in. When you have like four players on that tier that you're willing to pick, maybe when you have Rodgers and Devontae, and you have a wide receiver to pick from and an edge rusher, you look at it and say, edge rusher's a more premier position, and we already have Devontae, and we already have Rodgers, so we're not going to get another wide receiver. Let's just take the edge rusher. Whereas if you have Jordan Love, you're thinking, we have two rookie wide receivers, and we have Jordan Love, who's never played uh, quarterback as a starting quarterback ever, aside from like 15 seconds. And um, so, yeah, let's try to get a little bit extra help. Maybe that is the case. And that's not criminal. That's not even stupid. That's kind of common sense. And again, like I've said a thousand times, you cannot scream Rodgers is the GOAT and also tell me he needs three premier wide receivers and a great tight end and a great defense. Otherwise, he can't be expected to do anything. Because now I'm not taking you seriously anymore. All right. I think we're getting there. Hey, Ryan. It's 22. We just got the best news. Aaron Rodgers 
is going to the Jets. Well, <laughs> maybe, probably, or else he's retiring if the Jets don't give the Packers what we want. But let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Goodbye, Karen. Nobody got to see you anymore, Karen Rogers. Ah, best news of the day. I'm on lunch at work. I got to get back to work. But let's get a go, back go. <laughs> And and I will say, I don't want to person. You do whatever you want. I don't care. This is your show. You can you run this how you want to run this. But um, I don't want to be too gleeful myself about Rogers leaving, because again, Rogers has been freaking awesome, right? It's it's. I don't want to kick him in the back of the head on his, as he's walking out the door, um, personally. But um, I will say, I'll just reiterate. There was a sense of relief when we got the news just because that weight, for me personally, was taken off my shoulders. Just waiting and not knowing and needing some kind of an answer. And it just felt good to just be like, oh, there it is. Now we know. Now we have a direction. Jordan loves the guy. Now it's about the compensation. It felt pretty good. By the way, I'm, I don't know why it's every call sounds so quiet. Let me look around. It's, I thought it was just the first caller, but I'm having a hard time hearing everybody. Yeah, believe it or not, everything's cranked all the way up. That's the best I can do for you. Sorry, folks. You're, you're, you're not... Uh, by the way, Jersey Mike. Um, hey, Jersey Mike. I just heard the words come out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth that he'd like more dignity in the process when older people in the organization leave. Yeah. What dignity, homie? Right. You want them to throw you a going-away party? <laughs> That's... It's like exactly what I said. Like, what what do you want, dude? A cake with candles? I don't understand. I don't know what that means. And again, the only thing I can come to is he believes that he should be offered a con. He should be allowed to stay. He should be offered a contract in order to uh, to properly, you know, show the dignity and respect that they're that they're worth. Right? Like Jordy Nelson was worth a bigger contract than that. Because I can't think of a single other thing other than politeness. But that's obviously not the case. He was mad about people that were leaving. He, I think he just gets upset about the decisions that are made. And he doesn't like it. He doesn't like that side of the business, which is part of the business. Which is just, you are not um, going to help us win a football game so you can't be here anymore. Which is the way that it is. And it's like, well, that's dehumanizing. It's like, dude, I, I don't know what to tell you, bro. Like... What are we supposed to do? I don't get it. Like, and, and maybe they didn't know. Maybe they didn't know before you went into your stupid darkness retreat if they wanted you back. And then when you went in, they were like, you know what? Let's think about this realistically. And like every other smart Packers fan, they're like, this guy is, just, is, is hamstringing our, our organization here. We got to get rid of him. And so... When they make up their minds, they come out and they talk to you about it. Oh, oh, what, you, you expected them to have their minds made up when you didn't even have yours made up? You stupid freaking hypocrite. Evan Rogers, get your head right out of your beer end or I'm going to shove it so far up there it never comes back. <laughs> Go to New Jersey, shut your damn mouth, stop bad-mouthing this organization and get on with your life. Right? You're saying there's nothing but love, but you want there to be dignity? You want there to be respect when you're leaving? What about the dignity and the respect that you showed, which meant absolutely nothing? All you did was run your mouth all offseason, and then you didn't even show up to, to the, the non-mandatory programs. And you think, you think you have a right to run your mouth? Oh, 
way they got rid, rid of Randall Cobb. All the way they got rid of Brett Good. Oh, what, is it the way they got rid of McCarthy, too? Are they supposed to... And, and here's the thing. Be specific. I mean, because otherwise, we're sitting here going, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Tell me. Give me an example. What are you talking about? And he won't do it. Which just leads me to believe that he doesn't think he's going to win in the court of public opinion. Right? That's my assumption. I don't. Nobody's speaking up. Clay Matthews was done wrong. Okay, what happened? Clay, what happened? AJ, what happened to Clay? AJ, what happened to you? He mentioned you. What happened? What happened? And now Roger's like, well, now, and now, sorry, now I'm part of that story. Like, uh, like I I get that you didn't get the direct communication that you wanted. I'll I'll, I'll let Jersey Mike finish, but it's, we'll get to that in a second. They aren't any good anymore. They're not really doing anything for our organization. So I'm supposed to send them out on a a, a freaking parade? Who who are you? You are not the king of the Green Bay Packers. You are a paid employee. You are an employee, and this is at-will employment, baby. Welcome to blue-collar America. How does it feel when the machine rails against you? Get with the program. You're not special. You just happen to play football. God. Get to you, Aaron Rodgers. Be gone, please. And for anybody who has any problem with Gutekunst, you're insane. This is, this is a business, and if you don't like how it's done, then don't be involved in business. This is what uh, I keep talking about, and I feel like Ryan keeps talking about. You tell me if I'm wrong, Ryan, about being being sissies with football. Let's let's get rid of this. Anyway, go back, go. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I I just I just wish he, we we got an example. The the only thing I know of, and I had some people asking about McCarthy. I'm not exactly sure what you guys were talking about, but the the thing with McCarthy that. I, I heard about, I don't remember exactly where, I, I think it was from Mike McCarthy, is he, he said that he was called into the office of um, Mark Murphy and essentially was very coldly told, we're going to go in a different direction, and that was it. You know, and listen, I get it. Like, after how many years was he the head coach of the Green Bay Packers and he had a loss and some guy, it, it wasn't even Mike, Mark Murphy saying, hey, come to my office. Mark Murphy sent the guy to go get him. So he has some some minion, right? Come up and be like, "Hey, uh, uh, Mark wants to talk to you." So he kind of knows what's going to happen, right? He probably gets it, and he walks in, and all he gets is, uh, "Mike, we're going to head in a different direction." And that was like the whole thing. And 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 again, like, there's not a whole lot you can say, but you know, that could have been a little bit more delicate if that is in fact the situation, which I have no reason to believe Mike McCarthy would lie about that. And I have to go back and find, because maybe I don't exactly remember that correctly, but it was something to that effect that that was essentially all that was said and that was done. And that was the end of his career. And at that point, you know, it's basically just go clear out your stuff and get out. Um, And you would think that you'd find a a way to be a little bit more tactful and spend a little bit more time and at least acknowledge, which, you know, who knows if you even want to hear that at that point, like how much, how much you mean, like, oh, really, you're firing me and you're going to sit here and talk about how much you love me and my contributions. That's interesting because you just told me to get out. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's tough. But at the same time, Mike kind of gets it because he was that guy for how long? You know, I mean, Brian Gutekunst probably does it more often, but, but he's a part of that process, or I should say Ted Thompson, but he was a part of that process as well of, of saying, you know, we're going to go in a different direction. But other than that one example, the only thing that I know is Rodgers was mad about some of the guys that got cut, 
And then there's the Jordy Nelson example, which is they offered him a really, really low contract, and that was seen as insulting. And again, I find that stupid because they also get upset if you don't offer them something. Because that was another example. I don't remember exactly who it was, but it was like if you would have just offered him something, he would have been willing to stay. At least make some kind of an effort. At At least offer something and see if they'd be willing to stay. Well, two things on that. Number one, maybe they don't want you at any price. And number two, why don't you just shut up about it? Right? Like, I understand if somebody's mean or rude or cold or callous about the way that they do it, that could rub you the wrong way. But if this is just a simple matter of you don't like their decisions, which we know Rodgers has a problem with their decisions, we've heard that for years, and I'm, I'm on the fence about whether or not I want to do this for tomorrow's podcast or not, because again, I don't want this to be like an anti-Rodgers thing as he goes out the door, but I do feel like there's a bigger history here that needs to be discussed, part of it being this whole conversation about people leaving but a larger part of it being Aaron Rodgers having a uh, really not liking the people that are here. Because I think one of the pictures that we have is he loved everybody before. He loved Mike. He loved Ted. He loved all those guys. And that's not true. I know that there was the article that came out that most people are like, well, I don't believe anything Tyler Dunn says. Well, okay. I mean, it's firsthand knowledge or firsthand accounts from a lot of people. And I don't think any of it was really denied. But that's not the only thing that came out. There was all kinds of stories about rifts between Rodgers not liking the play calling, thinking the play calling was going stale, all this stuff, all the things he said about Mike McCarthy, you know, not being happy with the leadership, including Ted Thompson. There was an article I saw, whether it was true or not, he was upset with the structure once it changed uh, as far as that. That was actually a new article that came out. And that one I want to read, too, because I think it's kind of BS. The guy's pretty smart, but I don't think he knows jack squat about the Packers. He said that Mark Murphy makes all football decisions, which in a sense is kind of true, but it, it gave the impression that like he, he drafts the players, he does everything. It's like, that's not true at all. He basically does title town. He lets everybody else handle everything. But yeah, and, and again, and maybe, I'm, maybe it's just him not wanting to rock, but, but you're rocking the boat. You're already saying, you're already 90% of the way there by throwing the team under the bus. You're not trying to prevent a rift or anything. You're flat out saying the organization is doing things wrong. Now you need to go the rest of the way and tell us what you're talking about. If you want me on your side, tell me what you're talking about. And again, the, the only other example that, that I think, in a sense, I kind of am on his side about is this thing where the Packers wanted him gone but told him that they wanted him there. But even that, it's, it's tough to know exactly because... As far as I'm concerned, and I don't know anybody that's been able to refute this, including Aaron Rodgers in his own words in that interview, there was never a point where the Packers backed away from that stance saying, you're welcome back here if you want to come back. There were conditions. And yeah, maybe they didn't exactly want him back, but that doesn't mean they lied. They would have taken it back. Even Mark Murphy, the comments that he made that everybody was upset about, what did he say? Yeah, there is a situation where Rodgers will come back here and play. That's been the stance since forever. That was their stance last year. Because Rodgers is like, oh, last year they told me that the, that if there's a, the, the door is always open if I want to be here and then something changed. No, nothing changed. That door it was open until the end of time. And then you come out and you find out that they were, you know, wanting to move on. Well, right. They did want to move on and they still do. That doesn't mean the door's not open. Well, I heard that they were talking to other teams about trading me. Well, freaking duh, dude. It's March. I, mean, I don't know. When did he go into the darkness? I mean... Time is ticking down. Yes, they're having conversations, but you already know they can't trade you without your permission anyway, so it's not like they're sneakily going to be like, oh, let's trade him, let's get him out of here. You can't go anywhere without, they're, they're just gauging the market, which is a good thing for you, because when you made your decision, everything was kind of in place, right? That was because of the work that the Packers did while you were off in snooze town. 
While you're all parading around having fun, golfing, doing charity events, playing football, going on your darkness retreats, going out and doing all this stuff, Brian Gutekunst is putting in 15-hour, 16-hour days trying to figure out what the hell to do with this football team to make it actually work while you're off playing, in between your time playing. So yeah, I, I understand that you're pissed that they would rather have Jordan Love as their quarterback. But as far as I can tell, and I don't agree with this, they said you're welcome back if you'd like to come back and are willing to agree to these conditions. And also, based on everything I understand, you listened to those conditions and then just kind of walked away and never talked to Brian Gutekunst again. And then just went, you know, again, with this whole rumor mill, you start hearing things. I heard, I hear the Packers are doing this. I hear the Packers are talking. I hear, which is interesting. I hear this. I hear that. And then you get yourself all whipped up. You get yourself pissed off. You come out. And again, he's, he's all upset about, you know, rumors that take on a life of their own and how stupid people are for believing all these rumors. That's literally all you're doing. I, I am convinced he has not spoken to Brian Gutekunst since that, that meeting. Not any sort of meaningful conversations. Maybe a couple text messages or whatever. But at this point, it, it really does feel like all communication is cut off. I think he is cut off from the organization. I don't think he's talking to Matt LaFleur. I don't think he's talking about Brian Gutekunst. I think they know, I think he knows that Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy and everybody in that building wants Jordan Love more than Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers is pissed and his way of dealing with it is saying they don't know how to treat people. I am a freaking Hall of Fame quarterback. I have given everything to this organization and they're seriously going to push me out because they would rather have Jordan Love. I mean, the, the, the bottom line is if that's the reality, there is no way to move on in a way that is honoring to Aaron Rodgers. According to him, it would have been if they were just up front and said, look, dude, we want to move on. And, and again, they probably should have, but I don't know what potential fallout there could be. Because again, remember, the, the, the Packers are kind of in a screwy situation where Rodgers could kind of hurt them if they really wanted to. I don't know if he'd want. I don't, I, I don't know. But that's, that's the only thing where you can look at it and go, okay, maybe they should have just... But, but then it gets kind of weird, too, because you're kind of mid-season. So should Brian Gutekunst have gone to the podium when he was asked flat out and been like, uh, yeah, we, we actually do not want Rodgers to be our quarterback moving forward. Uh, we're going to finish out this season, and then I'm going to have a sit-down conversation with him and tell him um, that uh, we don't want him here. We'd rather have Jordan Love because we've watched him play. He looks really good. This guy's playing like crap. He's really expensive, and... Um, that's kind of where we're at. But don't tell Rodgers because, you know, we, we want him to, to, to uh, you know, finish out the season strong and whatnot. You know, I mean, it's I don't want to make excuses because I do think that they handled that probably wrong, especially if you're going to talk about, you know, bad about the guy behind his back, which is BS. It's one thing to have your own personal opinions and have official meetings where we say this is what we would prefer. It's another thing to get all liquored up or at, at games, you know, talk to the guy next to you like, dude, I can't wait to get rid of this guy, which is what a lot of Bob McGinn's thing was. So, again, as far as that, fair enough. But I think a lot of this other stuff, it's nonsense. And again, listen, Rodgers is in his feelings. He's upset. He's mad at the organization. And he's pissed. I mean, we know that. Again, he came out of retirement because he's mad at the organization. He wants to go get him. So, yeah, he's, he's going to start swinging. And I hope it doesn't get much more ugly than this because I'm a Packer fan. And if you swing at the Packers, I'm going to defend them. And I'm that's just the way it's going to be. And I don't want it to be like this podcast versus Aaron Rodgers, but that's how it's going to set up if you keep doing that stuff, for sure. Hallelujah! 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 <laughs> Glory be to God. We have an answer, finally. Finally, 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 finally. We know that love is our QB of the future. Now we just wait for the compensatory fix. 
I hope we get at least one number one. Unrealistically, I don't think we'll get two first rounds because then the Jets could have just gotten Lamar Jackson, to be frank. So time to go buy a love jersey. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, that is the only real wild card, I think, is Lamar thing. I don't know if the Jets have any interest in him whatsoever. I think there's a lot of teams that just they do not want him. But at the same time, if you're that team, which I fully understand, I don't know if I would want Lamar, but I would probably take Lamar over Rodgers. So if if you're worried about his injury history, what in the world are you taking Rodgers for? Not because Rodgers has necessarily an injury history, but he's a one-year guy. So it's obviously a limited thing. So if you're worried about the limited or the limitations of of Lamar, I don't know, but um but there's other considerations with that as far as his full contract. I mean, he's going to want a mega contract. As far as I know or from, you know, the rumors, who knows if they're true. Lamar wants a fully guaranteed contract, which is absurd for a guy with a massive injury history. Um, and so there, there, there are further implications with Lamar that maybe they're just not really willing to inter- entertain. But I, I honestly, I think they should. If you want to have what you could have with Aaron Rodgers, without the fact that it's going to be just a one year, you know, I mean, again, it's just, it's just about getting that, getting a little taste of potentially being a contender. Well, you can get that with Lamar, maybe not to the same degree that you can get it with. Um, Aaron Rodgers at his best but um, there is at least some possibility that you can continue to be great and if it doesn't work out then you're kind of screwed but you're screwed either way whether you go with Rodgers or go with Zach Wilson your team is not going to be successful in the near future or long term future at least as far as your plans are set up right now so uh, yeah that's that's kind of what I think but I don't I just don't th- plus the other thing is you can't really rely on that because the Ravens at this particular point in time are, are saying, no, you're, you're staying here. That's just what's happening. And on top of that, we're going to work out a deal. And so there isn't, I mean, he's not a free agent and there isn't a thing with right now with the Ravens, as far as I know, saying, um, we're going to let you, you know, go anywhere else or whatever. So there's, there's additional complications with that. So I don't know, but that is the only other potential leverage point for the jets if they wanted to play that. But as far as I know, I mean, that would be an easy one, too. You could even just leak that out to the media. As much as the media stuff is going on, you think that that would be an easy one. Uh, You know, just send a message to Ian Rappaport like they're considering looking at Lamar. And honestly, the fact that it hasn't gotten to that point really leads me to believe that the Packers and Jets are close, and they, they genuinely believe this deal will get done. I don't think it's gotten so ugly. If you start hearing rumors that the Jets could consider that... um, that's when things are starting to get pretty ugly and we need to be worried. Um, I feel like we just started, man, but we're going to have to take a break. Um, so let's do that. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, 
kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, Ryan. Uh, I think we all, myself included, owe Aaron Rodgers an apology. I mean, yes, he took a while to make a decision, but, I mean, if he told everybody Friday he wants to play for the Jets. Right. Just for the, just the Packers to work it out. But I also, I don't want the Packers to take whatever. I mean, if, if the Jets are offering peanuts, you know, I feel like we should still get something. So, I don't know. Packers and the Jets need to get this thing hammered out. But, uh, I mean, if Rodgers made his decision Friday, it's not on him. But, you know, he's the the one the media is all going to hate, and I'm sure he was holding off saying he wanted to go to the Jets because I think it just hurts the Packers from a negotiation standpoint more, so the fact that he didn't come out and say that Friday makes you think he's not just trying to kill everything with the Packers because, I mean, at this point, both other teams have a quarterback. Rodgers has said he wants to go to the Jets. I just feel like we have no leverage now, so this trade might end up not being the best for us, but, I mean, really the ultimate goal is get him off the books, and that's going to happen, so. As long as it actually is done. I thought it was interesting. You said going into his darkness, he was nine percent on retiring. Uh, sitting in darkness must give some kind of clarity to flip you from being ninety percent retiring. So um, anyway, go back, go. Hopefully they can work out the trade. Stick a wait. Yeah, they'll get it, Trevor. Again, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident about the fact that it'll get done. Um, and yeah, this is, I've been waiting for this too, because we've been do, doing two days of people screaming at Rogers while I knew that the Friday thing was a thing. So it's been somewhat uncomfortable. So I'm glad we all are on the same page now. Um, but yeah, I, my, my biggest thing with that is I, I just want to know why that was happening. I still can't quite figure out how that was a thing, you know, again, it, maybe it's some kind of a PR thing, but I, it just, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me at all. I have no idea how everybody in the media was being told that um, Rodgers has not, I mean, again, Schneidman said it 30 minutes before he went on that he talked to somebody and he said, no, we still have not heard from Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers like, yeah, we heard since Friday. And the Packers are digging their heels in. I mean, again, maybe it's the Packers just trying to do that, but I'm pretty sure the Jets media has been saying that as well. I don't know, man. I have no idea what the heck is going on. It's so, this whole thing is weird, and there's so many games being played it's hard to parse out exactly how any of this could even be beneficial to somebody it just makes you look stupid if you're just lying about that you know hey ryan this is chris from alabama man hey well that part is finally over i said i didn't want to call back in until we got a decision uh from man rogers uh we have got it so now we can stop all the speculating about what if and what's what with if Rodgers come, if Love's a quarterback. We now know we are officially in the Jordan Love era. We are officially in the next chapter of the Green Bay Packers. So now we can throw all the speculations and what else out the window right. as far as who's going to be our quarterback. And now we can focus on what the team needs to do in order to compete. We're going to find out if Jordan Love is the guy. We're going to find out if 
he is the quarterback that they thought he was going to be when they drafted him. We're going to find out who the Green Bay Packers really are, and I really don't feel like we're going to be no down-in-the-dump team. We still have a good, right. a good solid team, and if Jordan Love plays like he's supposed to play and what they drafted him to play and the way they've been speaking on his improvements, we should be fine. Minnesota has took a step back. Chicago is still Chicago. They still suck. <laughs> and Detroit – they're on the come up, but I think they're a couple of more pieces away from saying winning a division title. So, I mean, we can still very well win the NFC North. Now, I'm not going no further than that, but the NFC North is not out of the realm of possibility. It's not out of the realm of possibility. So, Let's go ahead and handle our business in free agency, whatever we can do. Let's see what the details of this trade is going to be. Maybe they eat, Jet eat some of the money and kind of help us out on the cap, or we get some compensation or whatever, whatnot. But the Jordan Love era has officially began, and the new chapter is here. And I'm going to be here for it like I've been here for the past 30 years, almost. I'm kind of telling my age, but I've been here almost 30 years, and I'm going to still be here. So go pack, go. I know it's about to be a barrage of phone calls, and I'm going to be right here tuned in to Packernet after dark to listen to every minute of it. Go pack, go. Let's get it, man. The new chapter has begun. Appreciate you, Chris. Yeah, I'm going to have to go in and edit some of this because it's so quiet, but um, I don't know if that's on my end or what's going on here. But anyways, uh, yeah, I'm uh, – I'm with you on the on the the team thing. Maybe that's what we could talk about tomorrow a little bit more. I, I got to do some in depth looking at that. But uh, Clayton had pointed out how all the the betting sites have the Packers fourth in the division, and I understand uh, some level of skepticism about the Packers. Obviously, when Aaron Rodgers leaves, I don't understand that. Like, let's let's just look at the Bears. Who has a better quarterback? Now, most people are going to say it's Justin Fields. I think that's kind of silly. But in terms of, I guess, playmaker, at the very least, you know he can use his legs. He's a terrible thrower. But we don't know that Jordan Love isn't a terrible thrower. So uh, uh, as much as it breaks my freaking soul to say it, I will concede at least for now, although it's an unbelievably low bar for uh, Jordan Love to um, climb over, That'll be his first step. Please at least be better than Justin freaking Fields. I'll, I'll, I'll hand it to the Bears. Okay. Who has a better offensive line? Packers do. Who has better wide receivers? That one's a little bit iffy because of DJ Moore. Everybody else on that team is garbage, right? None of the other wide receivers could really do anything. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobb. But we only have the two guys, really. I mean, Samori's there, but I, I you know, he's down a little bit further, probably below Equinemius. I don't know, but... I, I, do, I don't really know where we stand. Before DJ Moore, I would have said the Green Bay Packers. Um, with DJ Moore, we got to see. Because, again, remember, they had good wide receivers. What happened to Mooney? He was supposed to be a top you know top 10 receiver. He's going to be this great. And all of a sudden, he kind of fell off. What happened to that? They brought in a ton of guys, right? They brought in somebody for a second-round pick last year. The guy didn't do jack squat. So I'll just call that a wash for now. Uh, better running backs, Packers. Who has better pass rushers? Pass, Packers. Better defensive tackles. Packers. Linebackers? I don't know. They brought in some new guys. I don't think they're super fantastic, although our guys kind of struggled as well. We'll call that a wash. Who has better corners? Packers. Safeties? Bears. Tight end? So far, Bears. 
I just I I don't I don't see how they have a better team. I mean, just just break it down offense and defense. I don't see the Bears being able to do much of anything. Justin Fields can't throw when he's behind a terrible offensive line. Jordan Love has what was last year, what, the third best pass blocking offensive line in football, right? That's with no additional additions. A great running back group and two solid wide receivers, at least for now. We obviously have to add to that, but we've got three receivers. Two of them, I believe, in relatively highly. One of them, I'm extremely excited about, Christian Watson, who might be, you know, I mean, he has the potential to be, what, the third best right now? You, you got Justin Jefferson's the best. Probably concede Amon Ra right now. But Christian's a, it's an interesting thing there. Um... I, I just as far as moving the ball, I just believe the Packers would move the ball significantly better than the Bears. I mean, we're talking about one of the worst passing teams since like 1942. <laughs> like it's unbelievably bad. And then defense, it's not even close. They've got some decent safeties and and maybe a couple linebackers. They have no pass rushers. They have no defensive tackle. Their ability to stop the run is zero. They have no corners. That defense is garbage. It's garbage. For crying out loud, we have Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Jair Alexander. We got Eric Stokes. We, I mean, we've got pieces there. Do we need some help? Of course, like every other freaking team does. Like the Vikings need help. Like the Lions need help. You kidding me? I mean, as far as defenses go, the Packers might have the best defense still in the NFC North. Compared to the Vikings, I don't even know what they have anymore. They've lost half their defense. And, uh, you know, one of the best guys on their defense is begging, screaming, kicking, and screaming to get off of it. Now that they just signed uh, Marcus Davenport or whatever, they probably are going to let him go. The Lions' defense is is not great. I mean, they they certainly play above um, what you would expect based on the talent, and they've got a pretty talented pass rusher and whatnot, but it's kind of a mess. So... I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't see a situation where the Packers are that. I mean, just in terms of playing good football, what are they really missing? Even if, okay, Jordan Love's not Aaron Rodgers. Well, first of all, Aaron Rodgers wasn't Aaron Rodgers last year. And we were not last in the division. So, again, can Jordan Love be like a mediocre quarterback? Because if he can, we're not last in the division. The only way is if we look at this and go, Jordan Love is going to be garbage. He's Zach Wilson. If that's the case, then yeah, we're we're in trouble. But otherwise, I don't I don't see why that would be the case. So yeah, it's it, it's kind of weird, and we got to kind of let this thing settle a little bit. We got to figure out exactly what's going on as far as you know, again, the cap and what are we getting from the Jets and the draft and free agency. And once that all settles, we can kind of get a closer look at our team and the rest of the NFC North. But um. It's, it, it, it is a weird thing. I, I kind of want to look at, too, where they are just in terms of the NFL because if they're fourth in the NFC North and the NFC North is garbage, I mean, genuinely, I mean, worse than the Bears and they have the number one overall pick, so I, I, are, is Vegas saying we're the worst team in football now? I mean, that, this, this, is, this is the kind of thing that I don't get, and, and it's, it's really the amount of slander that every single human being that is a Green Bay Packer has gotten because of Aaron Rodgers. Because the fact of the matter is everybody believes that every human being that has ever walked through 
Green Bay, Wisconsin, is a garbage human being with the exception of Aaron Rodgers. The wide receivers are only good because of Rodgers. The offensive line, everything, nothing in that organization is good except Aaron Rodgers. And when he leaves, nothing works anymore. It just, it, I don't get why that is the case. So Rashawn Gary's not actually a premier pass rusher. David Bakhtiari's not actually one of the best tackles in football. Elton Jenkins isn't one of the best guards in football. This is just what we're saying now. This is just what we believe. Aaron Jones is not actually one of the best running backs in football. We don't actually have one of the best running back groups in football. We don't have a top five pass blocking offensive line in football. This is all just fake. Aaron Rodgers just magically makes it a thing. I don't understand. I don't, I don't get where this comes from. The only thing that works is Rodgers. Rodgers was not a good football player last year. I don't know how to exp- better explain this. I just I I don't I don't get it. I don't understand where this is coming from. But I, I I guess it's good to have low expectations. You know, it's good that everybody else has it's same with like the 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 compensation thing. I don't know what we're gonna get. And I'm trying to brace for something that's relatively low also. I mean, I was expecting like a, a third or something for Rogers, if that, but you know, the the expectations have been going up, up, up after what we've been hearing. But you know, then you talk to Bears fans and like you're not getting any more than a third. It's like Look, I don't know what we're getting, but I'm feeling pretty confident in the fact that at least you're going to be disappointed. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that, at the very least, that's the expectation. The word right now is that the Packers are the worst team in football. So if we do better than the Bears, that's devastating. It's devastating. Now, it's certainly not my expectation. I would like to get to the playoffs, right? And it's going to be difficult, but that's that's sort of that first step. Well, technically, the first step is... Uh, be better than Justin Fields, and then after that is is win a football game, and then then you're kind of working your way up. But yeah, get get into the playoffs. I mean, half the freaking league gets into the playoffs these days. The Vikings, who suck, got into the playoffs last year. The Giants, who suck, got into the playoffs last year. A lot of garbage teams get into the playoffs. So yeah, that that is the the first step. And and really, it it's yes, a lot of it has to do with Jordan Love and where he stands. But I also think a lot of it falls squarely on Matt Lafleur and, and the coaching staff because everything that I mentioned in terms of the really talented pieces as i said before the, the, football is a team sport so it's not about individual pieces it's can i take all these pieces the good the bad the mediocre and put it together into a unit that is a really solid unit that is cohesive that makes sense or is it just a pile of pieces that i don't know what to do with and that'll be something to assess if the team isn't good moving forward are we not getting enough pieces do we have pieces and they're not coming together were the pieces fine, but Jordan Love just sucks? I mean, we'll have to kind of reassess. But it really is going to fall on Matt LaFleur very heavily because now it's it's all you. You don't have a quarterback saying, no, I don't like that. I don't want that. We're not doing that. No, no, I'm not doing that. We're checking out of that play. I don't think we should do this. I want, I want these plays added in. No, no more uh, Mike McCarthy plays. No more my system, my designs, my this, my that. It's, it's Matt LaFleur time. And that's good and that's bad. If it works, great. If it doesn't, this is all you. This is you on a, on a plate, bro. And if it's not working, there's really nowhere else to point. Especially since you handpicked the quarterback. Right? It's one thing to be like, hey, Gutekunst isn't getting me what I want. Dude, this is your guy. You were the one doing backflips for Jordan Love. As much as everybody wants to pile on, on Goot, I mean, obviously there was corroboration and he agreed and they were on the same page, but word on the street is Matt LaFleur was the one that was like, this guy right here is my guy. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. 
more, no more. What is up? There's definitely a different tone I've noticed out there. Hey, Peg Daddy, caller number five. Hey! I'm sure your phone line is not busy at all today. No. Uh, just two things I wanted to cover. Uh, one of them being, why do I keep seeing that somehow the Packers don't have leverage? Can you rant about this? Because how do we not have leverage? No. And each, like, even if the two teams are going to be playing a game of chicken, right? But, like, nobody wants to budge. Who do you think has the more runway in a game of chicken? Yeah. The Jets need him in the building uh, way before we need to send him off. Like, I, I don't understand. Um, I just don't get why people think they have leverage. I expect the deal to be fair. And, uh, yeah. And the second thing is... Yeah, so, I mean, I've kind of obviously talked about it a lot since since the announcement or whatever. Um, I, I think one of the biggest other misconceptions and the thing that Aaron Rodgers did to really help us out was to say that he's he wanted to retire um because the the other thing is well the Packers are screwed if he comes back and the Packers have to pay first of all somebody just mentioned that to me today like well the the then the Packers will have to eat that cap money we have more money if he stays for this year so that's not really an issue if he sits on the bench next year could be a different story but the bottom line is he's not going to stay if the Jets don't work out, he's going to retire. And so, yeah, it sucks that we don't get whatever compensation there is. That's But the point is, we go on as as always. Which team has a starting quarterback? The Packers do. We're just trying to get a little extra something-something on the side. That's it. But we're we're ready. We're ready to go into the draft. We know who our quarterback is. We know what direction we're headed in. We have all that stuff squared away. The Jets don't. They don't have a quarterback. And they've also, again, well, they haven't promised anything. They absolutely 100,000% have promised Aaron Rodgers is coming. It's a done deal. Everybody's already talked about it. Everybody already essentially knows it's over. So, yeah, the, the and, and you're right. There should be a fair price. And I don't think the Packers are going to be you know ridiculous about it and say, I want every first and second and third round pick over the next three years. Uh, or he's not coming, because then at that point the Jets are, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. But I do think that there's a range. There's a high end and a low end, and I think the Packers are going to kind of go to that high end, whatever that is. And again, I don't know what that is. But I think they're going to go, you know, maybe that's two first-round picks. We're going to go to that high end and say this is where we're sticking. And I think uh, when with the leverage in our favor, I think it leans more toward that high end um, than it does toward the low end. Right again. There's going to be a range. If the Jets had the leverage, it would be more in, in the low end of the range. If the Packers have the leverage, it goes more toward the high end of the range. And so, you know, it, it's it's not even necessarily a worth, worthwhile conversation because I don't know what that range is. But I do know that we have the leverage, which means it should be on the higher end of the range. But the fact that I don't know if the high end of the range means two firsts and players, or if it means like a second and a conditional third, <laughs> means. Again, it's it's not even that worthwhile because once we see the compensation, unless it's just massive, um, I don't know that that's going to really give us an indication of who had the leverage because I don't know what the range was to begin with. Rogers, in general, doing this interview and and kind of backhandedly talking smack about Goot was yeah. pretty hilarious to me. Um, he said he was ninety percent sure he was going to retire. Went into the darkness retreat, came out ready to play, and something had changed with the Packers. I guess if you want to believe that, that's fine. Um, I mean, whatever, dude. Like every every 
story that we've heard is about how they were ready to move on well before the darkness retreat thing. So um, right. unless they're lying straight. To and he, he acknowledged that. He said that he acknowledged that. He knew that they were ready to move on last year. To his face, which I guess could be a thing. Um, just to drag the organization on your way out is pretty funny. Uh, don't really care, though. Give me the picks. Yeah. Go have fun in New York, and we'll see how it all shakes out. Have a good one. Yeah, I agree. I think that's just kind of where, you know, I mean, he's, he's again, he's pissed, and I get it, right? It's not fun, and especially you don't want it to end this way. You don't want it to be this thing where you're not even wanted. You know, I am the great and mighty Aaron Rodgers, and it, it's not, you know, you want to go out on top, and he said that. He, you know, the, the dream is you win a Super Bowl and you go out on your own terms, and, and, you know, the Packers are sitting there saying, oh, if only he would play one more year. That's not what happened. What happened was the team was bad. Aaron Rodgers was really not playing very well. Um, didn't even make the playoffs. And, you know, and again, the Rodgers isn't an idiot. Even if he wasn't getting those indications, he knows Jordan Love is sitting there. He knows that a decision has to be made about Love. He knows that Love played really well. He knows that he didn't play very well. He understands that the team is paying a massive amount of money to be Super Bowl contenders, not to miss the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers. Um, he fully understands the contract implications of what happens if he comes back another year. Like, you know, he knows they're going to want him back for two and he knows he doesn't want to play for two. So this, this was never going to be a thing that was going to work out amicably. He knew that when he sat down with the Packers, if they were even willing to have him back, there were going to be a lot of conditions, right? In other words, we're not keeping your buddies here anymore and you need to commit to two years because we can't have you here for a year and then retire. So it has to be a hundred percent. You're here for two years, which he's not going to do. So it was never going to work. It was never really going to be a thing, and he knew that. Even if the Packers made him feel super welcome, there was no way. So, again, he's upset. Fine, I get it. And and he probably has a right to be upset about certain things. I'm sure the Packers have not handled things perfectly throughout this process, just like Rodgers has not handled things perfectly. And there is some. It, it's it's an emotional thing, and he has a right to be emotional. But there there is somewhat of a line where it's like if you're going to kind of make up stuff to attack the Packers. Again, I'm a Packer fan. You know, I don't I don't like it when Bears fans do it. I don't like it when Vikings fans or players do it. You know, Zadarius was my guy. And then when he left and started dogging the Packers, that was a problem. And it's going to be the same for you. You're a, you're a Jet now. And I love what you did in the past, but if in the future your legacy is I'm a Jet that talks trash about the Packers, you and I aren't friends. And I know that's not the standard other people. It was the same thing with Favre, you know, all the Jet Favre people. I never understood that. I never understood the people who rode with Favre no matter what. They got the Favre Jet jerseys. They were Favre guys. The Packers were wrong. The Packers did him wrong. They should have brought him back. He said he wanted to come back, and they said, no, they're idiots. Favre is our hero. How dare you treat him that way? I hope Favre goes out and proves everybody wrong, and I hope Rodgers is a failure and this thing's going to... It was the same thing back then. It was the exact same thing, and I didn't understand it. I didn't know why you would want to ride with Favre. It was just time to move on. It was over. It was done. He'd been dragging this thing out. He had an attitude. He thought he was bigger than better than everybody. I was getting tired of his crap. Aaron Rodgers looked really good that that in that game and looked like he was promising and I was really getting scared of losing him. I mean it's it's time is a flat freaking circle, dude. It is it is identical what is happening. So again, there are going to be people that are ride with Rodgers no matter what and no, everything he says out there in Jets land, it's going to be yep, I'd take that as gospel, but that's not me. I am a Packer fan and I support and defend the Green Bay Packers. That's just what I do. Now, that's not 
at all costs. Again, if you were here year one listening to this podcast, it was nothing but this team sucks. Mike McCarthy needs to go. Ted Thompson can't get his players. Like, this is a disaster. We got to make some organizational changes. Something is wrong. It's not just, I will defend everybody at all costs, but it's, you know, this team sucks. We got to identify what the problem is. It's either the coach or the GM or both, but it's got to be something. We can't keep doing the same old crap. So, you know, I, again, I'm always going to try to be honest as best as I can about the situation as I see it in terms of what is going to make the Packers the best because that's what I support. I don't support Brian Gutekunst or Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers or Matt LaFleur or Mark Murphy or or Harlan or anybody else. It's It's just about the team, what is best for the team. And I think that what we're doing right now is best. We'll let the season run. We'll reassess. And that's it. And that's where we're at. Uh, we didn't do this one yet. <laughs> so cool. Uh. Come on. Uh, uh. Okay. Fair enough. I honestly am shocked that Rogers had the audacity to like pretend that he's hurt by this decision like he didn't know that this was going to happen because right. guess what there's an age old equation Rogers the more you f*** around the more you find out and guess what you f*** around for three years now you're finding out what three years of f***ing around gets you and it gets you traded so uh, peace out man yeah it is interesting it, it, the plot of how this thing panned out reminds me I'm trying to as you're talking I'm really trying to think of a specific, I don't know if it's just a bunch of different movies that op- operate this way or what, but you ever watch the show The Blacklist? I watched it to a point, and then it started getting really kind of whatever. I didn't really like it, and I stopped. And then I started again, and I kind of just dropped off again. I don't know. I really want to try to get through it, because I kind of like it, but it does get super cheesy and whatnot. I don't know, but it's the only example I can think. There are certain movies, TV shows, sitcom or not sitcoms, but uh, whatever. You know, those those things where... I know this happened in the blacklist a lot, which is why the only way I can, the only example I can think of, but like Raymond Reddington is like the main character. He's this super genius guy who has all these connections. He knows everybody. He does all these, like a super criminal, very plugged into the underworld. And so obviously everybody wants him dead, but the point is he has leverage. There's this thing called the fulcrum and the fulcrum is apparently this, this piece of data somehow that he's got dirt on all the most powerful people in the world. So there's this entity, especially within the U.S. government, that is the ultimate all-powerful thing, and they can't touch Raymond Reddington because he has the fulcrum. And if if they kill him, then the fulcrum gets released. I feel like Rogers was kind of in that position, right? Something happened, because that happens sometimes in these shows where it's like the, the, the fulcrum, they, they found out that he didn't have the fulcrum, and it's like, now it's like go time. Now the clock is ticking. Now they're going to try to kill me, and he's got to do something. And so he's got to find a way to gain some leverage because the leverage is gone and I, they're going to kill me. And when Gutekunst came on board, you kind of felt like the clock was ticking for Rodgers, especially since things were going so poorly for so long. Like the Packers just were not a very good team for quite a while. And that culminated into us missing the playoffs, right? I don't even think we had a winning record. We were like, uh, what, seven and nine or something? But then when they drafted Jordan Love, that's when he went into panic mode, right? Now he's dead. Now he's dead. Now he knows they're gunning for him. Now you know. Like, that's the moment in that in that movie, in that thriller, in the blacklist or whatever, where it's like, something happened, and now I know they're coming for me. And so now he has to go out and gain leverage, because he knows 
they're going to kill him. And what does he do? He wins MVP. And now that he has the leverage, he tries to use that leverage against the Packers. It was, it was pretty masterful because he still knows that at any moment, if he's not MVP, he's done. And the Packers just ax him. They, they trade him away. He's done. It's over. And so he needs to gain some type of, of uh, use the leverage that he has to ensure that they're not going to do that to him, that they can't do that. So what did he do? He dug his heels in and he said, I will not play for you. I want a new contract. I want a new contract that says you cannot just walk away. And if you don't do that, I will not play. He used that leverage against the Packers because he knew the Packers can't walk away at this point. Maybe they should have. Imagine the freaking haul we could have got. We wouldn't have had 2021. I don't think. I think the timeline is that way. It was 2021 that he was doing all this stuff, and then we went on to have that season, and then 2022 happened. But that's it. That's the only thing we would have missed out on is 2021, which, you know, it's a good season. Ended in failure like everything else, but it was a fun season. But that's it. That's the only thing we would have missed out on. 2022 was a disaster. Do you know how much we could have got if he just won MVP and we would have traded him? Remember on draft day in 2021? They were talking about the trades, and there was a thought that maybe the Packers would trade Aaron Rodgers on that day. We'd still be having first-round picks. We would have had 2021 first, 2022 first, and a 2020. This would have been like our final year of using up those Aaron Rodgers picks. You know what's crazy? Going back and thinking who we would have traded with. I want to go back and figure that out. This will be the last thing we do real quick. I think tomorrow we're going to do another Packing Net After Dark because I have 32 calls to get through. So the three trade destinations that were thought at the time, very similar, 49ers, Broncos, Raiders, unlikely that we would have traded them to the 49ers. So the Broncos and Raiders. Now, unknown where things would have ended up. Obviously, the teams would have done better. But in 2021, they ended up drafting Patrick Sertan in the first round. And then in 2022, with the pick that they gave the Seattle Seahawks for Russell Wilson, they got Charles Cross. So Patrick Sertan and Charles Cross are two players that potentially, and again, if Rodgers goes there, who knows how high they end up picking or whatever, but just think about that. Other people that were available, Devonta Smith, Micah Parsons, Rashawn Slater. By the way, guys that have gone to the Pro Bowl, Patrick Sertan, Micah Parsons, Rashawn Slater, all those guys are available. And then again, Charles Cross, who... Uh, Went to Seattle at pick nine with that pick from the Broncos. The next pick that went, Garrett Wilson. After that, Chris Olave. After that, Jamison Williams. After that, Jordan Davis. A lot of draft capital. Some serious players. And those are just first-round picks. By the way, if the 49ers thing, unlikely the Packers would have done it, but according to reports, Rodgers wants the Packers to take the 49ers offer. They were picking at three. Now, they ended up taking Trey Lance. We wouldn't have done that, but... After that, Kyle Pitts. After that, Jamar Chase. Penny Sewell also sitting there. And again, Patrick Sertan and Jalen Waddell and a few other guys. If they had decided to do that, or who knows, trade back, get a billion more picks. Absolute haul. Which again, final thought, it's worth remembering. Now again, maybe this is all made up, I don't know. This is coming from Florio, but he uh, described his, his source with the 49ers as an unimpeachable source. So again, either he's lying or he has somebody that he's 100,000% positive. It says, Now, according to Florio's unimpeachable source, the 49ers did inquire about Rodgers' availability for a trade on Wednesday night and were rebuffed. But Rodgers was apparently hoping the two sides would be able to work out some kind of a deal. So again, to some of the people's points that have been made already about hypocrisy, Rodgers doesn't like it when the team talks about possibly wanting to move on. What about Rodgers? The guy wins MVP, and what does he want to do with, with that? He said, I've, I've never thought about going anywhere else. 
According to this, he did. Now, you could say it was because he was mad about how he was treated or whatever. Whatever. The Packers are probably mad about how you treated him, too. Mad about you not showing up in shape or not showing up at all. Mad about your attitude about things and the way that you go about your business. But you win MVP, you get the leverage and what do you do with it? First thing you say is, I want a new contract. And when they say, no, I'm not going to hand you all the power, you say, good, then trade me. I want out. I want to go to the 49ers. Apparently, he was upset to find out that Gutekunst's response to that was, shut up, stupid. You're not going to the 49ers. You're not going anywhere. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a great day. Uh, again, uh, tomorrow we'll plan on just doing another Packernet after dark. It's not really what I wanted to do, but we got to get caught up and I'm having fun. So let's just keep on rocking. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.